And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right, covering some major ground across the northern half of the great state of Alabama. I'm talking about we go way on down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. Hey, on the phone with us right now, uh, Stephanie Smith, who uh, has her own business, a consulting firm, the Thatcher Coalition. She is now the president of the Alabama Policy Institute. Uh, with a long history of doing conservative policy work uh, in governmental affairs with both corporate and governmental entities. Uh, but uh, I am pleased to say she's been on this show for quite a while and is now in charge of API, and we look forward to good things there. But uh, Stephanie Smith, how you doing? I am doing well, Phil. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. Hey, uh, we just had State Senator Andrew Jones uh, on the uh, the show. He he was not successful in getting a bill passed last year, but, you know, some of the best bills take several years, it seems. But uh, he had a That's bill last really? year and apparently coming up again this year to deal with occupational taxes in the state of Alabama. You heard anything mm-hmm. about it or what are your thoughts? I have heard about it. I've heard I've heard there's some controversy about it up their way, <laughs> but I've also I've also, um, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with the bill from last legislative session. Um, and, and, you know, there are a couple of things with the occupational tax, just, you know, up in the mountaintops, um, as far as just a philosophical idea about occupational tax, um, it's literally taxing people to work, um, just, you know, conceptually. And so there, uh, there's a difficult, there's something in me that's like, okay, wait, what? We're going to tax people extra for showing up to work in a specific place. I, I do see from a municipal government standpoint, you know, uh, lots of cities will revert to, well, you're using the roads or using the utilities and you're using these things, you know, in the workplace as, as an employee. Um, but just the overall concept of, of being in a hyperinflationary period with low unemployment, but also um, you know, a low workforce participation rate in the state of Alabama, yeah. um, I think a reduction in occupational taxes might actually, you know, boost workers and, and, and give, um, you know, people who are trying to do the right thing some relief in the pocketbook. I, I totally agree. And one of the things I said to him on the phone, too, is I, I see it also being as a matter of economic development. If you're looking at anybody establishing uh, a new, you know, uh, job base, bringing their company to your area, they're going to look at quality of life. They're going to look at things like education and all the other. And one of the things they'll also look at is, oh, you, you're going to take 2% of my employees' payroll if I bring them here? And no, right. we'll just go down the road and do it where they don't do that. Right, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that there are, um, you know, a decent number of cities who, who – um, have this occupational tax to varying degrees. I think they go from you know a little under one percent to, to up to about three percent. But when you're thinking about where to locate your business, um, it would be silly not to think about things like that because oh, yeah. that's that's what affects your workforce. And especially when you have a you know a large business um, that that's compounded and so uh, or a high dollar business. And so yeah. It is definitely a workforce development question, um, but to me, also, it just goes back to kind of the you know, kind of a taxation without representation kind of kind of question, and then also just why are we de-incentivizing people to work? Yeah, 
Yeah, there's there's that. We we tend to do that apparently lately. Uh, we pay them to stay home. Uh, we tax them when they don't want to stay home. Uh, but um, so the other piece of this though too that he he pointed out in, in one of his uh, statements in an article that I hadn't even thought about was that the current you know level of remote work that we're seeing people teleworking in, they may be right. working from their you know living room, but their address of the company they're they work for paying. is inside a municipality mm-hmm. and they're still paying. And that's just I mean. They're not burning up the roads. They're not doing anything to uh, to otherwise, you know, use your taxable uh, uh, base. No, they're That's just working great from point. home. Yeah. That's a great point. And then, you know, hybrid hybrid employees and even transitional employees, uh, it seems like maybe, you know, the occupational taxing is kind of an antiquated way of looking at work with the way, you know, the workforce has, has moved and changed and especially accelerated. Um, you know, through the COVID years. Well, he, and so I, some of that, I'm not sure, is going to shift completely back. He, he even said, too, that I think it was last year when Lee County down to Auburn had uh, tornadoes that came through. Um, he said that uh, there were utility uh, uh, workers from some of the rural electric companies that were sent in to help reestablish the lines. And they were shocked mm-hmm. to get a, like, they were there for three weeks, and they were shocked to get an occupational tax bill. Um, uh, oh, no, you're kidding me. Yeah, for having been there, ordered to be there to help those people. <laughs> And then they got a tax bill for showing up to help Thanks the people. Thanks for your help. Here's your tax. Yeah, here's your sign. But, uh, um, wow. well, you, I mean, the Policy Institute, and I know uh, my time there, but also your time there, even consulting before you became the president. But um, mm-hmm. the Policy Institute's been hot on the idea of some form of tax relief in the upcoming session. Uh, and, and I know there's there's three. I mean, they're talking about rebates, in, but that's kind of even been taking a bit of a backseat lately. But we got we got grocery tax, we got occupational tax, and then we got this basic income tax reform. What what are you seeing? What are y'all harping on? Do you have any platforms developing on this stuff? Yeah, absolutely. We have um, a conservative platform that was that was already put out that that I'm actually finishing tweaking this afternoon. Um, so you know we have a lot of different options on the on the table because there are there's plenty of room for tax reform in the state of Alabama, especially with a two point seven billion dollar surplus um, in the back pocket of state government. So you know, there have been some minor tweaking of corporate income taxes um, that could be expanded. Obviously, you know API has been a leader for years trying to get the grocery sales tax repealed. Um, that's one of those that just really almost seems like a no-brainer. Um, for for these times, um, you know, when eggs are costing ten dollars uh, for a dozen, and so um, the interesting component of this is that because we're in this hyperinflationary period, things like the grocery sales tax are what are actually pushing those surpluses upward. Yeah. Um, because if you're paying full freight. Um, sales tax on groceries and your grocery bill just went up by, you know, 15, 20% sometimes, then the taxes are going up that much. And so it just makes sense to give relief where the relief is needed. And the relief is needed for the taxpayers who are paying increased grocery sales tax, increased gas tax, um, when, when those are the things that, you know, are needed um, you know, to get food on the table and to get people to their workplace so that they can pay their occupational tax. Well, and, and, I, and I think it's also <laughs> fair to point out that we're one of the only states in the entire southeastern United States that has not done some measurable form of relief to its citizens, for its citizens, uh, in the last couple of years. 
Absolutely. And some of um, some of our surrounding states use their ARPA funding for tax relief yep. or tax rebates already. Uh, we did zero of that. And then now um, the legislature is, uh, you know, just a, a week or so away from from coming back into regular session. We'll have an additional set of ARPA funds to spend. And then, you know, this, these huge budgets, the, the largest um, budgets in state history by far, um, and there's not enough talk about um, permanent tax cuts, in my opinion. No, no, there's not enough talk at all. There's like hardly any talk at all. Um, I, the, right. the, I guess I, I, looking at the big picture, um, I, I have to say that we've never had an opportunity like we have right now to do something tax relief wise. And there's all this talk about, well, we got to tuck it away because we may have a rainy day. We've got a rainy day account that people don't even realize is there that has billions in right. it right now. Um, and, right. and then, you know, on top of it, you have to look at it and go, is it really government's money or do you guys just have our money and you're the stewards of it? And that's that's what it boils right. it's a philosophical question. You, you have to look at what is your intent here? What is your what are your thought processes? Is that your money government or are you just a steward of our money? And maybe it's time to send some back home. Right. I, I agree with you. I think it's a foundational question and, and it is the most frustrating when you hear. Uh, elected leaders saying things like, "Well, we have to prepare," or "We we're we're we in state government are having to deal with these in, inflationary times." And I'm thinking, <laughs> "Yes, we see that. We see that ourselves in our in our own households." But it's not that we need to protect state government first and then the taxpayers second. It's it's the converse. We need to make sure that the taxpayers are able um, to flourish. And then the state government be paid, uh, and not vice versa. Have they have they seen the cost of eggs lately? It's a, it's like a seventy percent increase. Have chickens. Oh, do you yeah, really? I'm, <laughs> of course we do. Oh my god! Well, <laughs> well you, you got like nineteen kids, so you gotta have chickens to. Wow. We've got seven kids and seven chickens. <laughs> do they each have their own chicken? <laughs> they do. Oh, do they really? Do they? <laughs> they well, they do. Except my oldest daughter doesn't really like birds or chickens, so she kind of gave hers to me. But yes, we have <laughs> we have one for each child. <laughs> but to, to the kids, name them, and then like go out there and, and get sad when they don't have eggs for breakfast because their their chicken didn't lay something that morning. They did. They did name them. I will say I made a rookie chicken mistake, and they all look alike, so they're very difficult. <laughs> very difficult <laughs> to tell apart. Oh. So, um, yeah, it's debatable whether or not they have picked the correct chicken on on a daily basis. It, 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 let's go ahead and admit it. You've got a cockfighting uh, operation going on at your uh, at your at your house. <laughs> there are no roosters, only hens. <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, listen, uh, we'll keep track of this thing, and I'm I'm hoping we can see. I mean, I, I told Senator Jones at the very least, I hope some of the nuances get dealt with, like how to deal with remote work, how to deal with annexations of new territory, how to. You know, even if they even if they don't get the dollar signs reduced on the occupational tax, at the very least, start dealing with these questions of why do certain people have to pay taxes when they don't even work inside the actual city limits? And so those things have got to get dealt with as a matter of fairness, at the very least. I agree. And on the occupational tax issue, I think that what's being proposed is a very slow drawdown over 20 years. Yeah. We're not talking about ripping the Band-Aid off. Right. And weaning people off, We and by people I mean municipalities, cities, states, weaning people off of un, 
you know, just kind of regressive taxes or, or taxes that don't really make sense for the people who are paying them is always a good thing. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. All right. Well, appreciate you. Thanks so much for your time again today. And uh, we'll catch up with you again sometime soon. All right. Okay. Thanks, Bill. All right. Stephanie Smith, president of the Alabama Policy Institute. Uh, somebody who comes on the show quite often and usually provides great commentary. So we'll, we'll take a break right now. We'll come back and switch gears. Time to go to number two in the Triple Dipper, military readiness. Have you heard the latest about Space Command? I'll talk about it when we get back. Y'all stay tuned. <laughs> 